It's time for the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole, the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty, serving you throughout the triangle, teaching you about the ins and outs when it comes to buying or selling a home. You can find the team online by going to acolerealty.com. That's A-C-O-L-E, realty.com, or by calling 919-578-3128. That's 919-578-3128. And now it's time for one of the top Realtors in the triangle, Angie Cole and the Savvy Realtor Podcast. Angie, let's go around the horn and get to your reactions to some real estate news and findings of late interesting headline I saw the other day that mortgage debt can increase your life expectancy. Just sounds kind of crazy off the bat. That, I mean, no. <laughs> that seems like complete. Where did you find this stuff? Yeah, I, um, I mean, anytime you have, I would say, mortgage debt, anytime you have credit card mm-hmm. debt, any financial stress, I mean, that's a stress and yep. that's a stress on your body. So, um, that is just crazy to me. Interestingly, crazy. though, they, they did say researchers found a link between those who have mortgage debt and longer life expectancy. But the same link was not found with other types of, like you mentioned, credit card debt, personal loan you know debt, what? auto debt, student loans. So there's some sort I'm of rethinking mental this. difference there. I'm rethinking this because think of mortgage debt. Currently, we have mortgage debt. Our home is not paid off. Am I freaking out over it now? Because that's just something, I mean, most of us, I would say the higher percentage, they'll get a 30-year mortgage, right? And so that's just a debt that you have. That's just an an everyday expense that you're always expecting to have. And eventually, yes, hopefully you pay it off, but it's not one of those things that, you know, it's like a credit card or an outstanding student loan. So you know what? Maybe it's saying the life expectancy is longer because you're in a home that you love. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Maybe. could be one connection. Um, I might say this is more of a, what's the old saying like causation doesn't equal. Uh, oh gosh, now I'm butchering whatever whatever that, whatever that saying is. Uh, correlation doesn't equal causation or whatever it is. Something like that. I'm Ooh. somebody's cringing <laughs> out there going, "You're butchering that quote." I, I is it sad that I have not heard of that before, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I think my guess is it's not so much the mortgage debt that is the factor. It's that homeownership. Yeah, yeah. Because I, it's a sense of responsibility. And I think I as humans, agree. we thrive on having responsibility, sure. a sense of purpose. And homeownership can give you that in certain ways. So I think that's why it's a little bit different. I don't think and it's I don't, debt yeah, I don't look <laughs> it just Right, right. So debt just seems like such a negative, it. yeah, right. word. But I, you know, I don't look at our, you know, our uh, mortgage payment, you know, and our current existing loan as it's not stressful at all. That's not right. something that we're like fighting that we have to pay this off super quick. We're we're in debt. I don't look at it that way. So, okay, I get it. Actually, I'm on board with them. I, I think that's, it's probably more of a homeownership increases your life expectancy may be the actual finding there. They were just using mortgage debt as the, uh, you know, comparison or the barometer there to compare to other types of debt. But yep, yep. I, I don't know if debt's truly the cause there. That, that would yeah. be my interpretation. Yep. Other headline I saw, and this one freaked me out a little bit, and this made national headlines just the other day, Energy Star, which is that, you know, government organization that's always talking about efficiency and energy use and that kind of thing. You know, you've probably heard Energy Star appliances that get that stamp of approval for energy efficiency and that sort of thing. They came out and officially said, all right, the optimal home temperature when you are in it is 78 degrees. It is 85 degrees when you're away from home 
and 82 degrees when you're sleeping. That and just sounds miserable. I think that sounds crazy. <laughs> um, I mean, we, and we keep saying that, we're like, we are for sure positive that our thermostat downstairs on our main level is not reading correctly because we have it on 78 at all times, and but it's almost cool. But then you go upstairs, the second floor, and I know, of course, hot air rises, but you know, we typically during the day leave that at 75 and it still seems warmer than downstairs. But, you know, when we go to bed, we always turn it down just a notch. So we actually, I guess we have maybe a hotter home. I think you told me you like to have it cool. 82 degrees when you're sleeping. I mean, you'd be sweating. Yeah. That one sounded a little crazy to me. No, that um, one's crazy. I'm not agreeing with this yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, even my wife who loves it hot. I mean, I, we go and see her parents. They live in Graham. And we go and see her parents and her whole family, they basically are non-believers in air conditioning. <laughs> and so we're sitting, you know, I just have funny stories from when we were dating and, you know, now through, through our marriage, whenever we're over at her parents' house, we'll, we'll all be sitting around in the evening in the summer <laughs> watching a movie in their in their living room. And everyone's just, you know, totally relaxed and, you know, fine. And I'm there sweating as we're watching yeah, this movie, like right, right. in heavy breaths, trying to make it this through the film. This is not comfortable. <laughs> that is, that is, Even I, I she don't know said what's worse, being hot. hot or cold. So you can always put on more layers but you can only take off so many depending That's on the true. company present I, I tell you what though i would rather be sweating any day versus being cold i cannot stand being cold yeah. That's just oh miserable on, and i know everyone's I'm on the different. other side of the you're tracks the side. there yeah. for sure but yep. even my wife was like 82 degrees when you're sleeping does sound a little nah, bit that's, on the warm side yeah even with no covers you still yeah. be hot yeah so anyway i don't see a whole lot of people following those <laughs> energy star guidelines unfortunately one more headline i saw and this one has some important implications to actual real estate for sure top closing roadblock so this was a realtor confidence survey it revealed that uh, through the months of April to June, 76% of contracts made it to closing on time. So a quarter of closings did not close on time. However, it wasn't all doom and gloom. 20% of that missing 24% were delayed, but it did eventually close. 4% were canceled. So that's not too bad, right? 4% being canceled? No, I mean, on our end, I would say it is a little bit lower. I would be interested to it would be interesting to see. Um, okay, what do the other months look like? I know this is April to June, and just thinking about on average, I know with our team, it says seventy only seventy six percent made it to close it. Oh, but that's including the, the delay portion. But that even seems like a high percentage of delays. Twenty twenty percent of all closings were delayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, I would f- say for us, I would say these numbers are definitely skewed. We do not have that. I mean, we, of course, we have a delay here and there out of our control, you know, for, you know, financial issues, appraisal, home inspections, like all these things that were just listed. But that seems kind of high to me as far as the yeah. amount of delays and even the percentage of canceled contracts. I would say ours is even probably only about 2% of contracts actually terminate throughout the process. Interesting. It went on to further break it down and said that the uh, top roadblocks to those closings were financing issues at 35%, appraisal issues at 25%. So those were your two biggies. Mm -hmm. And then at 16%, you had home inspection issues. And under 10%, you had some titling and deed problems. Seems like a lot of problems with titling and deed that I would Yeah, that one seems high to me. I cannot remember a home that did not close because there was title issues. We have had um, recently 
where a seller, uh, come to find out, not on our end, we represented the buyer, but the seller on the other end was upside down by about 4000 And I'm not sure how no one uh, knew that this was going to come up. You know, of course, you do net proceeds sheet, you, you know, get an approximate loan payoff, all of that. But for the most part, I, I cannot even think of a time where we didn't close because of title issues, but I guess delays, right? But the order of these seem correct. I would say that, you know, biggest hiccup we run into is financing, you know, where there can be delays or terminations. Appraisals definitely could be an issue here in our market right now. Home inspection issues, you know, uh, most of the time I feel like we can negotiate and get through those. But still, once in a blue moon, um, we could have someone who just runs away just as soon as they see the inspection report and won't even give us the opportunity to fix or to negotiate. Or maybe it takes a little bit longer to get, you know, the estimates and get a second opinion. So maybe we have delays. So yeah, I I would say the order of those I would agree with. Any other uh, roadblocks that you see that you try to head off before they become a problem? I've, uh, this is sad to say, but I have had now in my 12 years of business, I have had two situations where the day before closing, there has been terminations because of marital status. Oh, wow. That's Um, too bad. One decided the day before closing, they were not going to get married. The other one decided the day before closing, they were getting a divorce. Wow. Um, Yeah. Talk about shocker and just crazy for everyone involved. And I mean, it's just sad, right? But wow. Yeah. So there's, unfortunately, there's reasons why people back out or are forced to back out. And, you know, it kind of is what it is. It, it really is sad to be on the opposite side, though, of it. Um, I have one recently where they decided they were getting separated the day before closing, and I was representing the seller. And so the sellers had their home off the market, you know, for now 30 to 45 days, ready to close. Everything's good to go. And oh, by the way, you need to relist. There's nothing the seller could do. No hope in saving that, right? Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, so uh, I thought that was a little crazy. But, you know, this, I always say this real estate market never seems to surprise us. <laughs> it's uh, it's never ending with the new, you know, situations and occurrences that take place. You've been listening to the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole. She's the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty here in the Triangle. And if you have questions for Angie, we invite you to go online to acolerealty.com. Listen to past podcast episodes on the website, read the blog and all the great information, including the option to find a home right there on the website. That's acolerealty.com. And you can also call Angie with your questions, 919-578-3128. 